You're listening to The Retail Perch with Shaka Raman and Gary Hawkins. We're going to discuss industry challenges and opportunities in grocery retail, AI, current and upcoming trends, and so much more. Hey guys, uh, welcome back to another episode of The Retail Perch. Back here with my co-host, Gary. Gary, how are you doing? Great. Thank you, Shaker. Great to be with you again. Yeah, I know we've been having a series of amazing guests. Last week, we finished up with John Stein talking about the Open Voice Network and all the amazing things that he's doing about developing standards around voice interaction and retail. And today, I thought we couldn't talk that, but you know, I think we just did because we have two amazing people as guests on the Retail Perch today, Gary. And I have a quick intro, but... Do you have anything else to say about these amazing people before I bring them up? I think this is going to be a great conversation today. And a, you know, I think Jeff and Catherine are going to be able to provide some unique insights to the retail industry from, from their perspective. So looking forward to uh, what they have to say. Yeah. So I know I, I do want to thank all the people who've been listening to our podcasts, you know, week after week. And, you know, we try to bring interesting topics, some directly from retailers, some on the fringe of retail. And I think things that are coming up. And I think this is a really important topic that we're discussing. I'm excited about the fact that Jeff and Catherine agreed to get on this show as our podcast guest. But before I bring them up, I want to give you a quick idea of you know who they are, and they can of course talk for themselves. Uh, so Jeff uh, Jeff Kettner, CEO of Kettner Group Communications, uh, focuses on strategy growth and client success. He is twenty plus years in retail technology, PR, and communications. So clearly, is at a fantastic vantage point to talk about what he's going to talk about today. Uh, Catherine is president, and uh, Catherine Seeds, president and partner at Kettner Group Communications. She focuses on client success, day to day on agency operations. She's also the host of the agency's KG Connect webinar, which I have listened to, uh, and a Forbes contributing columnist. So clearly, you know, they have tremendous amount of experience and, uh, you know, coming into this. We can't wait to hear from you, Jeff and Catherine. Welcome to the Retail Perch. Jeff, you want to go first? Tell us a little bit about your your background, your journey, and how did you wind up in PR and, you know, whatever else you want to tell us. (laughs) Yeah, happy to. And let me just say, too, it's really fun to be on with you and Gary and to be having a conversation with good friends. We've known each other for quite a while and had some fun adventures together. But um, in terms of my background, as Shaker mentioned, I'm CEO and founder of Kettner Group Communications. And I would like to say I'm in this business because I had a very deliberate strategy of how to get here. But um, about 30 years ago, I found myself as an editor who had recently the publication he was working for, you know, ceased to exist. So I was kind of thrown into it and figuring out, well, I want to make a transition to PR. And I had an amazing opportunity to get started. And we have focused on B2B technology communications since the beginning. It's been a fun ride. And I guess about 20 years ago, we uh, were introduced to our first company that we worked with in retail technology. So I went to the NRF show and it was a blast. I had never had so much fun being around tech companies in my life and the retailers that were there. And things were beginning to change big time, just small changes in retail tech, nothing compared to what we've seen in the last 10 and five years. But it's interesting from a business strategy perspective, we found that the more we focused on a narrow area of retail tech, which as we all know, really isn't narrow at all. It's very all encompassing, but the more we focused on retail, the more our um, business grew. So, I mean, here I am 
I've been running this business for 30 years. I'm having the time of my life. And I think, you know, with people like Catherine, who's been with me now for what, 18 years, Catherine? 19. 19. I had to do the math yesterday. Um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, we've, we've built a great team and I'm very fortunate to have someone like Catherine that's provided a lot of stability and longevity. And we've got an office in Austin. We've got an office in New York. We have a key person working for us in Nashville and great clients, you know, people like you that we've been able to work with and be a part of, of watching you grow and seeing how Birdseye has evolved and become so successful and getting to know people like Gary. So it's a blast. I mean, I had the most fun job in the world. Well, I have some good things to say about you after that. So, <laughs> so we're going to move on to Catherine. And by the way, I, I don't, you know, I was just remember, realizing, I'm assuming that all the listeners know who I am. My name is Shekhar Raman, by the way, just, uh, just for people listening. And, uh, you know, I have the uh, fortune of having worked with Kettner Group for a number of years. They've done some amazing work for us at Bird's Eye. But Catherine, your turn. Yes. Hi, I'm Catherine Seeds, president at Kettner Group Communications. And my journey into the PR world was also a little bit interesting. I find myself a graduating senior, not knowing exactly what I wanted to do. And I had some friends that were uh, living in Dallas at the time, and they, they were working at a high-tech PR agency. This was 1999-2000. So right when the dot-com bubble was starting to get bigger and bigger, and there were a ton of PR agencies, especially focused on tech. And so there were a lot of you know, people like me that were, you know, looking for jobs and kind of landed in the, in the high tech world of PR. And I did, and I've never looked back. I've always stayed in the agency world. And it was really interesting because I, I like to kind of look back and tell my team kind of what that was like back then, because the, the way we did PR in 1999 and 2000 was much different than we do it now. It's a lot, a lot busier now. And um, the things we, you know, it was just a little bit different. So yeah, so I found myself um, in PR, and then I moved to Austin, met Jeff, and I've been with Jeff and the Kettner Group team for, for 19 years, and it's been a really, really fun ride, and I, like Jeff said, I'm, I'm so thrilled that we are focused in on the retail tech industry because um, it changes day to day, and we get to be right in the middle of it with the clients and the, the editors and the influencers that we work with, folks like you all, so... Clearly, I can see one pattern here that you're good at building a relationship. <laughs> you and Jeff have been working together for 19 years. I guess that's always good for a PR agency to build stable relationships, right? So yeah, that's great. It's always been fun working with you guys, but I have a bunch of questions. But, you know, after you're done, Catherine. No, that's good. I was just going to say, I, I feel like for Jeff and I, we're a bit unicorn when it comes to the PR industry. A lot of folks in our industry kind of hop around, <laughs> at least uh, that's been my my experience. But we, I think we have a really good thing going at Kenner Group and um, yeah, love what we do and, and love our team and love the clients that we work with. All right. So, uh, so I'll get started and Gary, jump in as you sure. feel fit. So, you know, a bird's eye, you know, I'm really not talking from the perspective of uh, a bird's eye, but generally talking about, you know, tech startups and, you know, as they enter the retail industry and in your mind, and you've seen a lot of companies come and some go right uh, in the process. Uh, so where do you place the importance of PR for some of these solution providers who are trying to reach out to retailers and they start to create a brand or a name for themselves? How do you guys, clearly that's your expertise. You, you, you work with a lot of tech companies in the retail space, right? And so just tell us a little bit about what's, what's the importance you see and how does that impact a company's uh, trajectory in some sense? Well, I think 
I mean, it's critical because you can have a great company and have a great product. And if you're not telling your story, no one knows you exist. So you, you really have to begin getting the word out. And I think a company needs to reach, you know, a certain, you know, stage as a startup where they're able to make a, a commitment to communications on an ongoing basis. But you really have to have a strategy. And you need to touch all areas of communications. I mean, media relations is certainly one of the ones that's most highly visible and everybody loves to get press coverage. And certainly Shaker in the early days of, of Bird's Eye, I think that was important in helping the company get some recognition, but it really touches everything from uh, your own communications, ebooks, white papers, blogs, to media relations, to analyst relations, to social media, really the whole spectrum of communications. Catherine, you'll know. Yeah, and, and okay. Catherine, if you would, how how should solution providers view public relations as part of their broader advertising and marketing strategies? Because I, I think there's there's a lot of confusion around mm-hmm. those different things and, and might be helpful for you to provide some context there. Sure. Yeah, it's a really great question. And we've been talking a lot about that as a team recently. Honestly, companies really should be viewing PR at not as a siloed function, because I think that's what happens a lot of the times. It kind of gets, it, it's it's considered an afterthought. You don't, don't th- think you need PR until um, something happens and you really need it, but it really should be, you know, an integral part of your sales and marketing, really your overall company strategy and how PR can help inform, you know, marketing goals, sales goals, business development goals. You know, we always like to say that PR should have a seat at the executive table. That's not always the case, but, you know, your PR, like Jeff said, helps you hone in your story. PR can be the moral compass for your company. You know, a lot of companies find themselves in hot water because they've not developed a, you know, crisis communications plan until it's too late. And then you bring in PR again, you know, after the fact, but if you kind of build your company strategy with your communication story in mind, you're going to be, be in a, a lot better position once you're ready to, to go to market. hope that provides a little bit of content. Yeah, absolutely, Catherine. So it seems like what you're saying is that a lot of people misconstrue and use PR as a band-aid to repair a situation as opposed to something to build your brand and build the reputation, right? It's not an afterthought where, oh my God, something's happened. You need a PR company. Mm-hmm. It is more about, you know, we need to from day one be viewed a certain way in the market and we need a voice that can actually help us, you know, get that word out, which you guys have done phenomenally for us. So I'm deeply appreciative of that. So Gary, you had a question on that? I think what Catherine just provided is really helpful to provide some context or how solution providers should be viewing PR as part of their broader marketing sales strategy, et cetera. If you would, you know, we talk a lot about certainly in conversations we have, I talk a lot, you know, different companies I'm speaking with about the need to create a story, right? A, a unique identity for the, the solution provider or, or tech company. If you would speak a, l- a little bit to that and the power of that and how you view that. Yeah, so in, in terms of, you know, 
helping a company tell their story, it's more, it's more than just getting that media coverage, you know, because everybody wants to be at the cover of the Wall Street Journal or getting those high pro- profile media coverages, but or media coverage, but what PR can do can is, is so much more. It, it can help demonstrate market acceptance for a company, validation of your technology or solution. Um, it could boost your market profile. Um, it can support bigger company goals, such as, you know, whether that be fundraising or your exit strategy, like an acquisition. And then again, it can help influence, you know, lead gen and sell. So, you know, marketing and PR really should be co- coexisting together. Jeff, yeah. I, don't, I know we talked about this earlier and you had some thoughts on yeah. that. Yeah, I mean, they really do. And I think that some of the things that we've seen with PRs that really can open doors. And, you know, in this case, speaking of media relations, but we had one client that has a software company in in Dallas that provides voice-based solutions to retailers. And they landed a deal with a major drug store chain that everyone recognized the name and the press release went out and it really, uh, the CEO's inbox kind of blew up hearing from retailers he'd been talking to and retailers he'd been trying to get into people that are at various stages in the sales cycle. And it really gave a huge boost to nudging those conversations along. But the story, you know, back to Catherine's point, really needs to be told across, you know, all channels, you know, your, your website, your, your blog, stories you're telling analysts, the stories you're telling to uh, journalists, and the, and the relationships that you develop can, can really go a long way. I think for us, you know, with, with our clients like Birdseye, other clients we work with, when it gets to the point where journalists are coming to us seeking out a point of view from one of our clients because they know what they do, they know their story, they have the, we have the relationship, then that's kind of where you, you want to go because you become positioned as a source with a great story that you can bring to bear for you know, media on trending issues, things that are happening in the industry. And that's, that's the ultimate place to be. It takes a lot of work. It takes consistency over time. And that's one reason we enjoy working with you, Shaker, and with Gary and the Birdseye team, because y'all get it. And um, you've made that commitment. You keep it going. And that's when things begin to happen. I think we've also seen you really refine and hone the story over the past few years. And the cool thing is the industry has kind of moved in the direction where your story has been headed. So there's a really nice synergy between what's at the heart of bird's eye and what the industry really needs right now. And is there something to the idea that there's almost two dimensions to that story, uh, particularly with startup companies or younger companies? And I say that from the perspective of like Shaker's got a terrific story around how bird's eye came about, right? Where the idea came from. The project, you know, he did with his, his uh, the school project uh, he did with his daughter, you know, eventually led to what today is bird's eye. So I, I think that kind of angle helps personalize the company yeah. a little bit. It also is a great way, I think, to help begin to convey some of the passion that the the founders and the key executives have for the business that comes through in sales meetings and, and everything else, right? But then, you know, to what you were just speaking to, Jeff, I, I think that then leads into the story of the business and, you know, why why is it in business? What's so important that they're doing and, and why does the industry need them? I mean, every business has a story. And again, Shaker with the story about 
you know, how your daughter really was the inspiration for bird's eye. I mean, getting those personal stories out um, is really important, I think, as you say, Gary, to beginning to establish a personality for the company that can then, you know, transfer over to, you know, here's our company values. Here's why we develop the solutions we develop. And part of our job sometimes, and sometimes it's easier than others, is kind of teasing out from the companies, you know, what is your story? What really makes you unique? And it can be, you know, the founders, if you get to talk, you know, when you're talking to founders, they almost always have an interesting story. And then you have to begin to tell the stories about what are the big problems that the industry is facing? How do, do your solutions uniquely address that? And I think for all of us, we saw what happened to solution providers and retail tech companies when Amazon uh, acquired Whole Foods. It's like everything changed overnight and grocery tech vendors shifted into hyperdrive just to figure out how do we compete? Because all of a sudden there's some new competitive threats or some new things you have to respond to. And boy, they had to get their stories honed. They had to get them honed fast and they had to be backed up with the reality of the solutions that they could deliver. Right, right. No, no, I think a great point, Jeff. You've talked about the importance of PR, importance of telling that story, building that brand, uh, understanding the positioning. And really, there is some work involved in terms of creating that content, you know, digging deep and putting out something consistently. It's not just a one-time thing that you do. And, you know, that's why Coca-Cola and Pepsi still advertise today, right? Because <laughs> you want to stay top of mind, right? So, but in terms of uh, resources, right? so a lot of startups start up with, you know, maybe uh, limited resources and they're trying to maximize. And a lot of people tend to put a lot of money in product and developing the solution and the technology. And maybe in many cases, and I know it happened in ours in the early stages, we didn't put up, put enough importance in in the PR side of things, you know, telling people the story. So how do you suggest that, you know, solution providers think about budgeting and and then, you know, from a financial perspective, how do they evaluate, you know, what's the return, right? Because everybody wants a return on something, right? So if I'm going to put X dollars in, what am I getting for it? You know, if I put if I put it in a coder, I know I'm getting some code that goes into a product that can that could be sold. How do you know how how do you think people should be thinking about budgeting and evaluating ROI. Yeah, I think I think to Jeff's earlier point, it's really all about um, your commitment to P- to PR and your communications and making sure that you have that consistent drumbeat of news and content and social media and influencers uh, you know out there for your company. I think as long as you have that and, and you're ready to tell the story, then you have somewhere to start you have somewhere to, to start. And what you really need to do is, is more than just the, the media relations, you need to incorporate content development, you know, whether that's owned media or earned media. Analyst relations is a big part, you know, of that program as well, as well as kind of honing in your, your message, messaging and strategy. And I think in, in terms of resources, it's nearly every client we engage with, you know, has a different set of resources available. In a lot of cases, it may be one person that, you know, for a startup is tasked with marketing and PR and it's just, you know, it's just too much to, to handle. So we really have to take kind of a Swiss army knife approach and evaluate each client situation, see what their strengths are. You know, do they have some people internally that can do content? They have, have some people that are doing a good job with social media. So really what we try to figure out is where we can make the most impact and how we can work with the client team so that, you know, within a given budget parameter, we can really make the most of that budget 
and make sure that, you know, collaboratively we're working with the client's internal resources. Because again, no, no two clients are exactly alike. And in terms of evaluating your, um, your ROI for PR, there are a number of ways that we can do that. We typically work with our, our clients on developing, you know, KPIs, you know, for, you know, per quarter, per year, whether that's um, securing X amount of pieces of coverage or getting some violent articles placed or awards and speaking opportunities, kind of develop that kind of go-to list of, of KPIs and see how we can, um, you know, get, get to those goals. And then what our clients really love, love that we provide to them is the reporting and looking at share of waste among the competition. I know that a lot of our clients like to see that, you know, we got this amount of media coverage compared to these competitors in different, you know, different areas. So those are different ways that we take a look at that. And, you know, really if, if you know, kind of the, the bigger picture is we kind of look at it as um, quality of a, over quantity, you know, you can get all the media coverage you want, but if it's not the right media coverage, then it, then it won't matter. So we are working with our clients, you know, every day to, you know, get the stories and the, the places that they really want that are going to make a difference. Because at the end of the day, you, hi- you hire a peer agency to get, to get leads and brand recognition. So, you know, we, we do, we do very strategic PR to get coverage that will, will, you know, lead to those, those leads and that, that brand recognition. And, you know, a lot of what, I mean, what does every start startup want? They want to grow, and they ultimately want to have a successful exit. And we've worked with many of our startups. You know, we, we worked with them building the communications program, really helping them get known in the market. And they've gone on to successful exits through um, acquisition. And, you know, I mean, that's the biggest metric of all, I think. And it's, it's interesting. One, one of our earliest acquisitions was a point of sale software provider that was acquired. And in the press release, Announcing the acquisition, the there was reference made to a particular PR program that we put in place for our client that really brought them to the attention of the acquiring company. And so, you know, that, that's really kind of cool to have that kind of anecdotal evidence. But you need what Catherine was talking about, the day in, day out measurement, the hard metrics. And then you can begin to look at some of the real success stories that come out of that. Yeah, that's that's uh, that's really interesting. So so let's shift uh, topics here just a little bit. You, you know, through your work, you see a lot of different technologies, a lot of different technologies coming into the market, right? From uh, very early stage startups to more mature companies. W- what are some of the more exciting things you're seeing? What are some of the hot areas you're seeing in technology right now as it relates to retail? Well, it's it's interesting. I mean, AI is almost a cliche now, but it's been looking for a home, I think, in, in technology and in business for years. I mean, a long time ago, longer than I'd care to admit, Texas Instruments was one of our was one of our clients. And they had developed some pioneering AI technology that I mean, and Gary, you may remember this, but back in the early days of AI, it required very expensive, you know, computing systems very specialized programming languages. And it was really kind of, um, I guess, more of a, a lab concept. But seeing that move into the mainstream and seeing it begin to provide you know, very specific benefits has been really a fun transition to see. But it took several decades for this mm-hmm. to happen. But I think AI, personalization, being able to recapture that sense 
of shopper trust and intimacy between a consumer and a retailer. And certainly Birdseye plays into that. Being able to give the customer a sense of connection to the brand, that's, I mean, that's important. Catherine, what can you think of? I mean, you work with some different clients from the ones that I engage with. Yeah, um, well, right now, top of mind, I just finished writing another Forbes column where I was focusing on fashion technology trends uh, um, that are big right now. Uh, so that was really fun to kind of dig into. We have some clients that are you know, focused on fashion and apparel. So kind of digging into that world was was very interesting. Certainly, um, you know, 3D is very big right now in fashion, you know, kind of moving away from those, those physical, um, you know, samples to everything online. And these kind of technologies can, you know, decrease the cost and shorten the time to market for, for brands and, and apparel retailers. Things like, you know, the live shopping options, you know, really, really big, you know, video, 85% of consumers want to see more video from their brands. So anything that, that retailers can do to incorporate video and digital digital media to get consumers to buy their products is big business right now. And things like, um, you know, sustainability in fashion is, is really big and, you know, virtual fit options. So a lot of really exciting things in, in fashion that are that are happening right now. Even unsexy things like supply chain technology. Until last year, all the supply chains made great, great progress, become much more efficient. Well, supply chains proved to be a weak link across all industries last year. And, you know, grocers, I mean, why was toilet paper impossible to find for several <laughs> months? And that, that gets back into forecasting and uh, predictive analytics. But in fashion, Catherine was talking about some of the changes in fashion technology, but you know, fashion companies were unable to react fast enough. So in a lot of cases, as, as retail doors were shutting, as demand for apparel was just sinking, you know, retailers had container loads of goods moving in from China. As soon as they hit the coast, they were either going to be headed straight to markdown or to liquidation. So Supply chains sound kind of boring, but they have to become much more flexible, much more resilient, much more AI focused, just to allow retailers to react to the the just very fast moving changes that hit across all sectors. Got it, got it. No, that's amazing. I mean, I guess the other side of PR, there's a ton of emerging tech coming out, right? And I'm thinking if I'm wearing the retailer hat and I'm looking at, you know, things that I have to solve in my business and I'm looking for solutions, how does a retailer even find what's coming out, right? What are the emerging technologies? What should I be looking at? And if the companies on the other side creating these solutions are not putting the word out, it, you know, it's very difficult for retailers to actually discover this. And, you know, so just talk a little bit about how the other end of the, uh, the field plays. You know, so I, I come from the tech space. I'm building a solution. I understand I got to put the word out, right? And I think the value of putting that word out really becomes apparent when you understand how retailers discover information and find solutions, Right. So you can talk a little bit about that, because I think that kind of connects the two dots. You know, as a solution provider, it's important to put the word out because, you know, retailers find that a right. critical way of finding these solutions. Right. Yeah. I mean, 
Unfortunately, right now, we don't have the big events to bring those two worlds together. So our clients are definitely relying more and more on PR, you know, media relations and content to get, get their solutions in front of the retailers. And Shaker, I know we've had, you know, some, some company releases and some media coverage that, that have resulted in some really great leads for the company. We have many examples of that. We have another company that's based in Austria that we got out a, a customer release some really great media coverage. And now they're, they're telling us that they're drowning in leads. And that's the best compliment I think that we could get. And that, that is what, what PR can do. That's the power of PR. So I think, again, what I was saying earlier, you know, getting that right media coverage the, um, in the publication and the publications that you know that your your customers are reading, that's one. The other way to get in front of those retailers is a robust analyst relations program. I don't think we've touched on that yet, but the the industry analysts are not only talking to solution providers, but they're also out there talking to to retailers, and they're giving them the scoop of you know who they should be talking to. And you know if, if a retailer is looking for a specific technology. And an, an analyst has breached with your company, they're more likely to kind of put you all together and, and make those recommendations. So certainly industry analysts can play a you know, really key part in that. I think there's another dimension to what you were just saying too. Not only is discovery important for both parties, right? You know, solutions wanting to be discovered, retail is needing to discover what's out there. But particularly today, the other side of that is education. Because, you know, so often I'm seeing retailers fixed on, you know, I've got, I'm doing this, I need to do this better, or I'm doing this, I need to fix this or do it more efficiently or, or whatever, versus so many of these new technologies coming into the market are opening the, the door to just completely new capabilities, new ways to do things. So there's a heavy education component, I think, that accompanies the discovery here. Completely. I am. I, of course, totally agree. I don't know what Jeff and Catherine think. No, it's completely agree with that. And I think it's the new technologies, the, the new possibilities that, as you say, Gary, a lot of these startups are coming to the market with very disruptive, innovative ideas. And from my perspective, it makes our job easier. You've got you know interesting things you can communicate about. The analysts are going to be interested in hearing about totally new approaches media are receptive to those ideas because it, it really is pushing the boundaries of what's possible for retailers. So, you know, I have a question for you from the PR side of things, which is how are you seeing uh, PR change in terms of technology and outreach and channels that you use to go out to get the word out on behalf of your clients? Right now, we are seeing a very competitive media landscape. And what I mean by that is that there, there we were just talking about, there are so many new, new technologies, so many companies out there. Every, every day you feel like you're hearing um, some, someone new come into the market. There's just a lot of noise and it's, it, it is getting uh, harder and harder to kind of rise above the noise and get those, get that media coverage that you're looking for. So from our standpoint, we, it goes back to that, that telling your story and kind of peeling back the onion of your specific company. You cannot be telling the same story as everyone else. You have to find those unique story angles. You have to find those little pieces of little golden nuggets of, of information about either your founder or your team or the, you know, the solution as a whole that will get you above that noise because it is very, very crowded. And, you know, 
again, I just cannot reiterate this enough. You have to have that consistent drumbeat of PR. Marketing, marketing is a function that is on all the time. You know, that's true, but so should PR. PR should not be a, a some, you know, one-off project or you do it for a few months and then you turn it off and then you turn it back on. It doesn't work that way. You have to stay in front of the people that you, uh, you know, especially the media and the influencers in order for, you know, re- make that traction happen. I don't know, Jeff, if you have some comments on that, but that's kind of where we're seeing things right now. Well, yeah, the other thing is you have to be responsive because I think because the media cycle moves so quickly, even with trade media, but especially when you get into a, a breaking story on the you know, national level, you have to move very, very quickly to be able to get uh, our clients' voice inserted into things. And so that means you know, our clients have to be responsive. If a journalist needs an interview in you know, the next couple of hours, we need to have clients who are willing to respond to that and then understand the value of that. So I think the speed at which communications and PR moves means that, you know, both us as an agency, as well as our clients have to be prepared and ready to respond quickly. I think it's important to be okay with when you're responding to the media and, and we do a lot of rapid response pitching and shaker, you, you guys know about that as well. You know, we're looking for breaking news items or trending uh, topics in the industry. You have to be willing to kind of say things that might be a little bit controversial or out of the box to kind of get the attention of the media and uh, kind of, you know, play into the headlines that they're looking for. So I think it's okay to be kind of a little bit funky with your, right, with your, right. with your <laughs> Are there any specific channels where you see this accelerated growth? I mean, Instagram versus LinkedIn versus Twitter versus, I don't know, TikTok and Clubhouse. I mean, are there channels that you think that people should be considering when they're trying to get the word out? Are there some that are more important for the retail industry and some less? What do you see there? Well, uh, the first thing that comes to mind from a social perspective is we've seen our clients get so much traction from LinkedIn, mm-hmm. not just what the company does on LinkedIn, but getting the team involved, the executive team, as well as people on down the line. But, you know, everyone has, you know, very strong connections on LinkedIn. And for a B2B company, I think that that's a really critical channel. Catherine, what, do you, what are some of your thoughts? Yeah, definitely LinkedIn. I don't think any of our clients have utilized TikTok yet. I think we're just starting to see the value of, of Clubhouse. I guess that's kind of to be determined. Maybe the next retail perch will be on, on Clubhouse. Um, <laughs> yeah. but, but I think that if you have a really great um, social media following, Twitter is still a very powerful tool for B2B companies and a great way to you know share your media coverage, share the content that you're, you're, you're developing and engage with when with influencers and we use we use twitter on a daily basis because the media are out there talking about what they want to what they're interested in and what they that what they what they want from from companies and there's a lot of movement on twitter too so we're we're paying attention to that just from a pr perspective to see um you know what the media really want and the stories you know, the stories that they're looking to tell got it so 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 linkedin and twitter from a social perspective 
take the lead, especially in the retail industry. I'm guessing fashion industry, Instagram is probably a big thing as well, yeah, but absolutely. really more in supermarket retail is, is Twitter. So do, do you see anything else coming out? I know, I know it's probably going to be, you know, maybe the latter part of the year before we get back to these face-to-face -face meetings and conferences. And what have you seen in the COVID era kind of take the place of some of those things and getting the word out? Is it, uh, is there, because there must've been a vacuum, there's clearly a big vacuum left behind without these face-to-face -face events. Mm -hmm. I mean, I've been to a few of these that they've been virtual, but you know, and as exciting as they were that I could attend the conference sitting at home, it just doesn't give you the same environment and right. the energy and the feel, right? Uh, so do you see anything taking its place and some other media channels have become more important for companies that you work with? I think one of the big, biggest things we've seen is the reliance on content. I, um, the last webinar that we, that we did for KG Connects, I had Alicia Esposito with um, Retail Touchpoints on, and we talked all about content, B2B content. In lieu of those events, like you said, Jaker, company, companies have really put, put more focus and more investment into their content. And the way we do content has changed too, right? Like no one has time to read a 4,000 word ebook. We just don't. I mean, even though we're all online all the time anyway, it has to be more interesting. It has to be more engaging. So there's a lot, there's a lot of really cool and unique ways that companies, B2B companies, can, you know, can put out um, content that's more engaging, interactive, more exciting to read. So that's one thing that we're definitely seeing that we've seen um, over the past year. Cool. So, so really focus on high quality content, put that out. And I guess obviously that takes effort. I know I've seen that internally as we see requests coming along. I've been, Gary has been writing more than he's written and he writes a lot, <laughs> right? <laughs> and, and uh, you know, uh, you know, I know we have a marketing team that's pretty busy about putting stuff out on LinkedIn and Twitter mm -hmm. constantly. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, and we've seen that change, right? We've seen the, uh, I think the change in terms of recognition in the marketplace, people reaching out, whether it's leads coming in. So there's clear impact. And, you know, I think for people listening to this podcast, what I'm hoping that they'll pick up is, you want to think of PR as one of those critical functions of your company, because as you do the work, you want that work to be recognized. And there's a constant output that's happening from that work, whether it's, you know, customer case studies or new, new product announcements or whatever it is that you need to put out. I feel that that's a constant thing. And, and it takes a discipline, clearly it takes discipline. The company needs to adopt it and own it. Like, okay, this is not just yeah. something that you, Yes, we have a great PR agency that we outsource and takes care of what they do best, but we really have to put the effort internally about thinking about what do we want our position to be and what should that content be? And you guys provide the amazing channels and the connects through which that content can be distributed. So, you know, hopefully it was very helpful. I mean, personally, for me, this is very helpful to listen to and talk to you guys and I'm sure a bunch of our listeners and I, I believe there's a bunch of startups who do listen to this podcast uh, apart from just retailers so I want to tell them if you're looking for a great PR agency KG is it right so they're they're amazing you know they've been with us we've worked with them for many years they're you know and I know Catherine you wanted to talk about some resources you have on your blogs and your website that people can uh, connect with and reach out to you on so yeah, yeah, I do. We have on our on our website at kettnergroup.com. You can go to our blog and we have a couple of really great blogs that specifically talk about how PR 
can drive leads. We have blogs on um, how media relations can help your, your startup company specifically. So we can, um, you know, send the links out to you all after the fact, but I encourage you to take a look when we have many other blogs that are really great that, you know, address great best practices for, for companies looking, you know, improve their, their PR and communications. So would definitely encourage That'd be great. I mean, we'll, we'll, you know, we do host, uh, put some of these episodes on retailperch.com. You know, we'll make sure you put those links on. Please send them across to us. So we'll make sure we host them on our page, put them on LinkedIn, Twitter, whatever it is. But, uh, you know, I mean, you guys are, uh, let's put it this way. You have seen the whole rise of the tech industry in retail. You've seen it start and sputter and kind of motor along and suddenly accelerate in spurts. And and clearly this last one year has been, you know, amazing in terms of acceleration of technology and adoption across the board. Any, uh, any closing thoughts, ideas, and Gary, if you have any questions, you know, before we close out here. You know, to me, retail is the most fascinating business in the world. It's always changing. It's, it's, there's never, it's never dull. I mean, and retail touches every part of your life from, you know, the clothes you wear to, you know, groceries to, to dining out. It just touches everything. And it's fascinating. I love it. And we, yeah, we love what we do. And we always tell people the best, the best uh, relationships that we have with our clients are the ones that it's a two-way street, right? So Shaker, Gary, you guys are a perfect example of that. You're always you know, giving us the content that we need, you are supportive. And those are the, those are the types of, you know, clients and relationships that we want and the ones that we see are the most successful. So yeah, if anyone is looking for some PR support, we would love to speak with you. Yeah. And we would highly suggest that they do. We're, we're living in some fascinating times here, uh, Jeff, as you just said, right. I never before in history is uh, technology moved so fast and and having the impact that it's having not just in retail and business but you know across society and and you know globally so fascinating times that we're all involved in here and i i think the the need for what the kettner group does is uh never been greater right you know we've talked about all these new technologies, all these solution providers flooding into the market, and they are. And you know the role of, of PR and helping a solution provider rise above that noise and, and get noticed and you know help bring something really unique and powerful to the market is is needed today. And they need to get that story out. And PR is the way to do that. So now this has been a great session. No, oh, absolutely. And I, I want to kind of add the human side of this, because, you know, I've met, I've met Jeff, uh, I don't know, five years ago, maybe, and, you know, and uh, both Jeff and Catherine, great human beings, be up, besides just being amazing PR people, uh, and I think that's one of the things that attracted me to the Kepner Group, honestly, is I think it's the quality of individuals you deal with, the, the genuineness of the interest in your business, and I think all of those things are so important when you're working with a PR company, is you want to know that they truly... Uh, want your success because then they're looking out for you and you know so we definitely appreciate everything that you've done and you know I applaud you guys for being just amazing human beings and uh, you know I'm sure uh, we're going to get you back on the show here sometime but it has been such a pleasure so anything you want to say before we close this out here Catherine Jeff 
This is great. We love talking shop, especially about PR. I could talk all day about this. Um, it's something that we're both very passionate about and our team is too. So we appreciate the opportunity to come in and talk, talk to your listeners about, uh, you know, about PR and how it, how it can be helpful to them. Look at this. Gary, we're doing our PR about PR. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Talk right. about a self-reinforcing uh, model here, right? That's right. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. And this yeah. has been so much fun. Thank you for uh, having us on. And it's nice to talk retail and PR with good friends. Yes, it certainly is. So th again, thank you. Thank you so much for taking the time. I want to thank all the listeners for uh, listening to this. I know we went a little over our normal time duration, but I'm sure there was a ton of information. You didn't even notice the time passed, right? So you can't wait for the next episode, but uh, appreciate everybody. You guys stay safe. Keep your distances. Get vaccinated. Let's get back and get on with life. And, uh, <laughs> you know, until next time, we'll see you guys around soon. Again, thanks so much, Jeff and Catherine. And Gary, uh, thank you so much. You are slowly rising to the top as my top co-host. I think Stephanie kind of just lost. Stephanie's still giving me a run for my money. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, I think we're kind of, uh, we got to tally up the score next week. <laughs> but, uh, we're going to look to see how many views. Deal. Now we're going to check to see how many views this particular podcast got. And then we're going to tally up to see if Stephanie actually can catch up. But, yeah. but listen, it's been great uh, talking to you folks. Uh, you guys have a safe week and we will be back next week. Make sure to join us every Monday and connect with us at The Retail Purge on Instagram and Facebook. And if you have any questions, feel free to email us at theretailperch at birdseye.com. Until next time, this is Shaker. And this is Gary, signing off. Mm -hmm.